We would have heard it a few times in that video. We believe, we believe, we believe. And we're going to be talking about that really um, explicitly today as uh, we talk about rebuilding our faith. Um, and so for those who were here last week, we, we, Nehemiah was a, um, someone that we had, had, did have position. Uh, he was part of uh, probably a generation or two after the exiles had been taken out of, of Judah. And he received the news from one of his brothers who had gone back in this, um, I suppose, this group that had gone back to start rebuilding and, and re-inhabiting Jerusalem. And he came back with bad news. The, the walls of the city are torn down. It is, things are not going good. Um, and you know how sometimes you, you like someone goes away and maybe they're, they're doing something for you and you, you're trying to get an update. You go, oh, at least I'll be making some progress. When he got this report from his brother, it just, there was no, nothing good about it at all. The city is unprotected, and, and I think at the same time as, as he shared this, the faith of the people um, and their walk with God had be really been damaged as well. So it was not only a war that Nehemiah is looking to rebuild, it is actually, I suppose, this relationship with God and, and, and his people and, and the faith that, um, and, and then being used by God because of that faith as well. So today we're talking about rebuilding our faith. Now, Importantly, what I do want to remember, last week we started at rebuilding your relationship. That becomes the foundation. If you skip that step, all of a sudden you talk about doing things outside of relationship with God. Maybe it's, I'm going to work harder, I'm going to do all these little tick the boxes here and here. But without the relationship with God, even rebuilding your faith becomes difficult. Because rebuilding your faith is about rebuilding your faith in someone that you know, that you have seen work that you know is alive, who know is moving in our world, who know you're doing stuff in your own life. And if you don't have that relationship, it's really hard to actually get to this point of rebuilding your faith. That being said, rebuilding your faith then becomes a stepping stone to what we'll be looking at in future weeks. And so it's really important that we get the right things in the right place. Um, like we, Isaac and Isaiah did a really good job with the boxes up here and balance them right on top. But sometimes when you build, if you put something really heavy right at the top, it falls over. And the same way, if we put the wrong things at the bottom of, of this foundation that we are looking to rebuild, we'll lose that, that sure foundation. But the first thing I want to talk about this morning is that our faith can crack in many ways. And I have, I have to say that I probably haven't heard many people speak about this idea that sometimes our faith does crumble. And, and sometimes we... It, Maybe we talk about it and we kind of go, oh, we need to do better or we need to believe in God more and all that kind of stuff. But you know what? I want to be real with you this morning. Our faith can crack in many ways. There, it can be something that happens. It can flow out of like what we spoke about last week. We can have a broken or a lack of relationship with God and our faith can suffer because of that. We can suffer because we have no relationship with God. It's very hard to have faith in someone that you don't believe is true. It can happen due to doubts that continue to grow in your life. And all of a sudden, the doubts become so big in your life that it puts a crack in the wall that is your faith. Sometimes the doubts become so big that it shatters the foundation. It can flow out of a lack of understanding. Some people kind of believe, oh, God is good and therefore nothing will ever bad will happen in my life. Well, the fact that Jesus said exactly the opposite, he said, in this world you will know trouble, especially because you know me. Doesn't sound like a perk of a relationship there. Like I kind of go, I want to know someone famous and he's going to get me into parties. And No, Jesus said, if you follow me, it is going to be hard work. It's going to be hits you're going to take. 
And so but when we have a lack of understanding that, oh, I'm meant to be rich, I'm meant to have an easy life, everything is meant to be comfortable, and then all of a sudden, things don't go to plan. We, all of a sudden our faith is rocked because we're actually believing the wrong thing. And I would say when you have a lack of understanding, it flows out of your relationship is not so good. The cracks in our faith can come because trials that come our way. We, some trials are big. They're not trials, they're mountains. They're, they're just going, okay, how do I get over this? How do I get around this? How do I get through this? And our faith can come at times, it can be shattered because we have a wrecking ball moment. Maybe we have a wrecking ball year where the wrecking ball comes in and our faith is just not strong enough and it shatters under the pressure. I believe that happens. I believe that can happen to any one of us, no matter where we are in faith. Just because you go, I've been a Christian for 50 years and my faith is not going to be rocked, I think you're putting too much emphasis on how good you are. Because there's times when, it happened to me, where my faith has been challenged and I've kind of, I've questioned God and gone, God, what is happening here? There's been times, different times in my life, where I've been walking with God and all of a sudden I'm not really walking with God. And my faith is, is, is broken or shattered. And But this is what I want you to take away from this idea is that broken faith is not a unique happening. What I mean by that is sometimes we, we feel under pressure saying, I just need to do better in my faith. My faith is not strong enough. My faith is a bit broken. And therefore, if I just try harder, if I just do better, I'll be like all those good Christians at church. Now, if you turned your neck around to left and right, you'd probably look at other people around the church who have struggled in their faith at times. Um, They may not say it to you, because I suppose that's one of the things. Like when we say, how are you going after church? A lot of us will go, yeah, good, good, great week. Not not many of us will say, oh, I'm really struggling with God at the moment. We, We don't say that too often. We might be sort of thinking it, going, oh, I struggled to get out of bed this morning to be here. I struggle to face work tomorrow because I just don't know if God's present. I'm struggling in my marriage. I'm struggling in my family. I'm struggling because of this. And I'm just, I'm struggling in my faith. But the thing is, if you don't believe that all of us go through struggles and times of doubts and times of brokenness in our faith, let's actually have a look at the Bible. Because, again, well, sometimes we look at the Bible and go, oh, I wish I could be like those people of faith in the Bible. That, and you read that chapter in the Hebrews and it talks all about these great people and, and go, oh, I wish my faith could be like that. Well, let's just take a look. Abraham, he believed in God. He did do some great things of faith and has actually reckoned it to him as righteousness. But let's have a look at his story a little bit. Abraham's called out of his country. He left. Now, the thing is, God didn't actually say, when you look at what he asked, he said, you and your wife go. But he ended up taking a whole lot of stuff with him. So even though he trusted in God to find a place for him and provide a way for him, Abraham said, I want to do this in comfort. I want to make it easier for myself and I'm going to take all my gear with me. And then he comes to a place when there's a drought where he was staying, goes down to Egypt and basically says to his wife, tell everyone you're my sister so they don't kill me. Now God has called him out and God is protecting him and the first opportunity he has, he actually says, no, not my wife. And the thing is, God teaches him a lesson through that and go, oh yeah, Abraham would have got it the first time. No, that happens a second time in his life. Now, I don't know how many wives he would be happy about that. So just don't pretend you don't know me. Like... Um, I know a few wives are probably happy to pretend they don't know their husbands at times, but, but the thing is, like, the other way around probably wouldn't work too well. Um, so that's Abraham. Then you look at Moses. 
We, we, we sang about Moses this morning. You, you split the sea so you could walk right through it. And at times Moses was, was leading the people and he was so uncertain about what God wanted him to do. He'd seen God work time and time again. Even when the ten plagues were there, God would do one plague and then he'd complain that the people still didn't believe. But in reality, Moses was struggling with faith. His faith was a bit shattered, even though God was doing amazing things. Then you look at Gideon. Gideon sort of got met by an angel. That wasn't enough for him. He then sort of went, okay, what about, um, let's sort of say, let's get one of those really special chamois and I want to, to flood the area but make my chamois dry and then I want to make my chamois wet and the ground dry and then, like, the thing is, I would have asked him something way cooler than that if I was going to test God that way. But Gideon tested God because his faith was not solid at that point in time. Then we jump through to David. David, the guy who stood against Goliath and, and then at other times his faith fell away so much. His faith got broken at times in his life. Then you look at Elijah. Elijah basically sort of went up to King Ahab and Jezebel said, there is going to be no rain in this land for years. And then he walked away and they tried to find him and he just God hid him away from all the soldiers that were looking for him. And then he comes back and he sort of does this big sort of moment on top of Mount Carmel and, and, and this one solitary prophet of God and against all these prophets of, of Baal and, and Elijah does this amazing thing and the people rise up and they kill the prophets of Baal and they turn back to God at least in part and the next day a hit is put out on his life and Elijah runs to the desert saying, God, I wish I was dead. Broken faith. Faith in ruins, faith that is crumbling. These were men that were great and they still went through these moments. So this is what I want you to realise. If your faith is crumbling, it is not a unique thing to you. But God doesn't want to leave us there. And that's where I want to get to this morning. I don't want us to get to the point where we go, my faith is so broken, so in disrepair, God could never do anything with it. Because God has shown over and over again that he can. And so you are not alone in your faith struggles. But broken, damaged and weak faith is not the end that God, God, end goal God has for us. So what do we do to establish the rebuilding process of our faith? We need to re-remember what God has done. We need to re-remember what God has done. In Nehemiah 1.8, um, so we're going back to just chapter 1 from last week a little bit, and Nehemiah is praying to God and he says, please remember what you told your servant Moses. Now, again, for those who know, I suppose, that, that the story of the Old Testament, Moses is a major person and because Moses took to the people of Israel, he took them out of Egypt, and they were slaves, they became a nation. God actually established his, his rule and his promise and he took them all the way up to the point of the promised land. And for 40 years, God looked after this, this brand new nation under Moses' leadership. And so when he talks about, remember what you told your servant Moses, it's not... A small concept because God said a lot to Moses. And so in that, basically, Nehemiah was, was remembering Moses and, and all that happened in his life. He remembered all the acts that God did. He, made, he remembered all the promises that God had made. He remembered all the love and compassion that God had shown and all the times that God had supplied for them. Just by sort of praying that, Nehemiah's mind is going back to say, God, I know who you are. I know what you have done. 
when we look back and re-remember what God has done, it begins to reset our foundation of faith. Whatever has hit our faith in the present is not bigger than the God who we knew and acted in our past. Do you realise that? Because some of us may be going through something really big right now, but God, the God that we look back and go, hey, wait a second, God got me through that, and God supplied me there, and God protected me in that situation. That God, who is the same yesterday, today and forever, is bigger than my problems today. In resetting our foundation, it changes our perspective as well. And we need to be intentional about thanking and praising God and to reflect upon how God moves in our lives. This becomes an active process for us because in looking back, we actually go, oh, yeah, God did that. God has done that before. God has looked after me then. And so all of a sudden we face a new situation where we're looking for God's provision and we look back at the line of times that God has provided for us and go, hey, God's got this. God has got this. God, it's going to be okay. Like it may not go exactly as I planned. Things might be a bit tight. Things might be a bit under stress. But God has got this because we remember what God has done. The second step to rebuilding our, our wall of faith is, is to take a step to trust God again. See, Nehemiah was going to do something that had risk. He was risking his job, his position, his lifestyle. He was in a position of influence. So I can imagine that life was pretty comfortable. He got to eat good food. He got to taste the king's wine, um, just in case it had some poison in it at first. But he would have eaten well and lived well. And so he had a, uh, there was a possibility of him risking all of that, but there was even a possibility of losing his life. Now, fortunately today, if we're upset with the boss or we want to take a day off, we want to do something, we can go ask the boss that and they can't kill us. It's actually written into the law. They can't kill us these days. They may not be happy with us, they may want to fire us, but they can't kill us. That was a possibility on the cards for Nehemiah because the kings could do what they wanted to. They got upset with you, off with your head, off with your arms, off with your legs, anything they could say off with, they could do that. So Nehemiah was in that position where, do you know what? I'm actually risking a lot by going to ask this, but I want to take a step to trust God again. And we see this in, and at the end of chapter 1 and, and verse 11. He says, Please grant me success today by making the king favourable to me. Put into his heart to be kind to me. So Nehemiah had been praying for some time. He hadn't just made a prayer. He had been praying for some time. He had been mourning and, and, and grieving over the situation and bring it to God. And finally he says, today is the day. I'm going to take a step in, in this direction and I'm going to ask the king something to do. And so we actually need to be in that position at times so where we actually need to take that intentional first step to actually rebuild our faith what does your step of faith need to be is it something with your family is it something in your workplace where you need to step out is it something in our church that you think god is calling you to do this but you keep saying no and, and god is saying no just take that first step trust me again is it something that's holding you back with from moving with god and the step, this is the thing, the step that is, go, is going to be different for each one of us and it can even be different at different stages of our lives. At one stage of my life, God may ask me to step this way and you go, oh, you finally do it and go, oh, my faith is growing. All of a sudden, God asks you to step this way and you go, God, why can't I just keep going in this direction? Well, even better, why can't I just stay here? This is even, I'm quite comfortable here. And go, no, I want you to go. So you step this way and then he's got you going this way and, and all the while, it is growing and building your faith. So we need to trust God to, and take that step to trust God again. But 
you trust God to take that step. Nehemiah, he had a fully intention to say, today I'm going to talk to the king. But it still comes down to trusting God in that moment. We all come to a point in our lives where if I, I need to trust God now or I need to retreat and run away. I need to trust God for this or I need to rely on myself. And, and again, those, those negative ones aren't good for us, but sometimes we think that's easier, that's more believable, more doable. And so it's all good to have the intention to trust, but there's going to be a moment arrives where, where, where we're going to let our faith grow or do we retreat in doubt? And we see this in, in chapter 2, verse 4. The king asked, well, how can I help you? Nehemiah told him the problem, this, my city is in ruins, and, and, and he was upset, and the king saw that, and the king asked, well, how can I help you? What was his response? This is it. With a prayer to the God of heaven. Again, Nehemiah's going, well, do you know what? This is my chance, and I'm not going to be praying, for, I'm not going to sort of like trust in my eloquence, I'm not going to trust in the king's generosity, I'm going to trust in God. And so in that moment that he had, he said, I'm going to trust in God. And he goes, well, God, here goes. I'm just going to give it to you. Let's, let's work some, some um, magic together. And Nehemiah 2.5, it then continues. And I replied, if it please the king, and if you are pleased with me, your servant, send me to Judah to rebuild the city where my ancestors are buried. This is a rebuilding moment of faith for Nehemiah. Nehemiah's response is to ask God for help. He knows in this moment, without God, nothing will happen. And the king is only the method through which God will work. See, sometimes we trust in the method over the maker. God will use different ways. God will use some of you to, to see things happen around our church. That's great. That's fantastic. But the thing is, I don't trust in you. I trust in God. Okay? Like, it, it, we trust in the, in the maker and not just the method. What about you when, when the moment arises? Do you pray to God and step into faith? What moments will come up for you this week that you will need to take action with? What will you need to step out on and say, God, I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to believe in you in this moment. I'm going to believe in you for this thing right now. Then Nehemiah steps it up a bit. So not only has he he's decided to, to trust and take that first step, he's not only trusting God in the moment, he's actually got to the point where he's going to believe bigger. So he's asked the king, um, can I go back and build, rebuild my city? He's already asked that. Now again, putting his life at risk, the king sort of says, yep, you can go do it. Um, and, and so he asked the, the question in faith, can I go? But Nehemiah's not done. And so this is what he says in, in verse 7. I also then said to the king, if it please the king, let me have letters addressed to the governors of the province west of the Euphrates River, instructing them to let me travel safely through their territories on my way to Judah. So safe travel from bandits and also the enemies that were located in those places. Because some of those people wouldn't have liked the Jews. And so they would have, Nehemiah was travelling by himself, even if he had a really good donkey or a really good horse, someone could have just killed him and went, I don't know what happened to Nehemiah. He um, probably just slipped and fell into a really big hole and buried himself. Like, but this was a guarantee that he would have, he would have safety um, to travel home. But then in verse 8 it picks up again. And please give me a letter addressed to Asaph, the manager of the king's forest, instructing him to give me the timber. I will need it for, to make beams for the gates, 
for the, uh, of the temple fortress, for the city walls, and for a house for myself. So basically, he was asking for resources to do the job. And what you need to realize here, because sometimes we read this and go, oh yeah, he's asking for a bit of timber, he could go down to Bunnings, a couple hundred bucks, he's all sorted. No, by asking the manager of the king's forest, and knowing that it's to rebuild the walls and all the frame for the walls and the build, rebuild the fortress for the temple and rebuild a, build a house for himself, he was asking for a whole lot of resources. So let's just follow me. He's basically come up to the king and said, can I go back and rebuild the city? The city that actually rebelled against Babylon multiple times and, and done that, and we're going to build a wall around the city which will actually protect the city a bit, and if we wanted to rebel, that could be not be so good for you. And the king says, yes, you can go do that. By the way, can I also get a, 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 like a, a free pass through all the places that will protect me, that, so that will, I will be protected? And before you even say yes to that, can I actually get an open account with the king's forest? You see his faith is growing and growing and growing. Maybe he sensed the presence of God, I, I don't know, but he knew that he was going to be, leave bigger. He could have walked out of there and gone back to Israel and go, hey guys, we're going to be, rebuild the city, but I haven't got any resources. Um, I had some men with me, but half of them got killed on the way here. Um, but at least there's five of us here and we're going to help you. It's going to take us about 1,700 years to rebuild the wall, but hey, we're, we're, we're really positive at the moment. Now, Nehemiah said, what do I need for God to be able to do this? And he just went, I'm going to trust God for it. And he kept on asking. When we believe bigger, we will see a great change in us first and foremost. See, sometimes we believe big for the wrong things. And you can tell when you're believing big for the wrong things because it doesn't produce godly change. I believe big for that new red racing car, God. Why? So you can pay more speeding tickets? Like, it's not going to produce a change in you. But if you believe in something that's in God's will, all of a sudden it produces, it makes you more certain in your faith. It gives you more peace. It gives you more certainty about who God is. God can actually use us more when we ask bigger and we will see this world become God's more and more when we believe bigger. And so it's something that, again, we, we do it all the time in different ways. Like When it comes to sharing our faith, we don't believe that someone will ever become a Christian and so we never even try. So if we run that, we've used that situation, we've got to step out and sort of go, well, I'm going to sort of step out and, and just grow in my, my faith just that little bit. I'm going to ask them to come to the ladies at Lone Star night. I'm going to just step out of my faith. If you're one of the guys, don't, don't ask someone along to that, okay? You're not welcome, okay? We're not being rude, but you're just not welcome. But the thing is, then you've sort of got to believe in the moment. So when you actually go to, to ask that person, don't go, oh, how's your weekend? Um, oh, that's good. I'll catch you on Monday after work. and after the... Make sure in that moment you step out in that faith even again. But then believe bigger. Um, hey, do you want to come? Do you have any friends that want to come as well? All of a sudden, you can see God move through those times. And that's a real simple one. There are a whole lot of other things that we can see God moving in and, 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 and happening. And again, it changes us and God can use us more. Well, what I want to wrap up with today, though, is sort of kind of where we start. Remember, we, we re-remember what God has done. That becomes a sort of foundation for us rebuilding our faith when our faith has been rocked a bit. Well, the last thing we need to do is recognize God's work because it cements our faith. Recognize God's work because it cements our faith. 
In Nehemiah 2.8, it says, And the king granted me these requests because I was really convincing and I had a really well thought out argument. Uh, no, it doesn't actually say that. Um, the king granted these requests because I was highly influential and I was being really tough and really flexing my muscles and the king was scared of me. It doesn't say that. It says, The king granted these requests because the gracious hand of God was on me. So straight away from the start of this book, chapter 1, Nehemiah says, I want to remember who God was and I'm going to implore God to fulfill his promises to us. And he gets to this point in chapter 2 where the king has actually turned around and given him an open checkbook. He's basically said, here's the king's treasury, just go nuts. And Nehemiah, if he was corrupt, he could have gone a bit crazy with this. But he actually knew all of this came not because of the goodness of the king, not because he was a top bloke, not because he was a Christian. It all came because God's gracious hand was upon him. Now that shapes the rest of the book because as Nehemiah continues to do this, he knows that God is with him on this. He knows that God is for this project. He knows that God is wanting to see this happen. He knows that God wants to rebuild the people of Israel and their relationship and faith with him. And this becomes really important for us. And one of the ways we do that is that we actually remember answered prayer. We actually take time to share what God is doing in our lives. And so do you know how I said earlier on, sometimes we, when we're asked how you're doing, we go, I'm really struggling in my faith. That becomes an important conversation because on the other side of that, maybe a week or two weeks or two years down the track, we can turn around and say, God has done an amazing work in my life. You remember when I shared with you that I was really struggling and, and this was really hard for me? All of a sudden, this is where I am with God now and praise God for that. It cements our faith. But if we sort of go along, go, yeah, everything's good. And in two years' time, oh, everything's great, but I can't really say everything's great because it, it was not really good before and it kind of gets confusing. We actually need to take time to share how we're truly doing, to praise God when, when things are going great and to, 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 to comfort and to encourage one another when things aren't. Because, again, we see people grow through that. We see people sort of move along and sort of go, oh, isn't it great how God has done it? And this year we've had people affected in different ways. We have people lost work. We've had people that are struggling. We have people that are unwell and we have people that are uncertain about decisions they're making. And I'm going, that is a great place for God to work. It is a great place for God to work as we sit back and we kind of, over time, we take on that perspective of God and say, oh, look at what God has done. The gracious hand of God was upon me. The gracious hand of God was upon this church. Isn't he a great God? And all of a sudden, our faith gets really, really solid. And the next layer of the wall is built. And it becomes really, really solid. And when we do go through those times that may rock our faith, all of a sudden, we can have walls that can resist the opposition and the trials that we face. But it comes from recognising God's work. And we need to be aware of, of God at work. We need to be aware of God moving. And again, picking up last week as well, it comes out of relationship. If we're in relationship with God, we're walking with him. If we are really actively looking to see what he's doing in our life, we will see it. If we are relying on ourselves, our own wallets, our own intelligence, our own um, things that we have, all of a sudden, we may not do this actively, but... We kind of praise ourselves. We don't really go, oh, don't wake up in the morning. Praise Keith, he's so good. But I'm going, oh, haven't I done a good job today? 
Haven't I, haven't I been fantastic in what I've done? Like, we, we, can, we can start relying on ourselves and it's sort of a self-form of worship. And then all of a sudden things fall apart and we go, God, what did you do? What did you do? Everything was going so fine. I had everything perfect and you've rocked my world. And God's going, I didn't do anything. You did that all by yourself. But when we trust God, even when things are, are rocky, we have that opportunity to say, hey, do you know what? It is okay because the God I trusted yesterday and last year, he is still the same God today. And even though tomorrow is uncertain, he is the same God that I'm going to walk with and I'm going to follow as I rebuild my faith with him. Let's take a moment to pray. Lord, I, I, just, I pray for everyone, even myself here today. If we are in a position where our faith is, is rocky, if it's, in, if it's uh, uh, in, in ruins around us, Lord, I, I just pray that you would, I suppose, impress upon us today to, to really be purposeful about rebuilding our faith. Maybe we'd be willing to take that first step, to, to believe in you again, to trust in you again. To, to not trust on ourselves or other people around us or, or, or our, our wallets or, or our job or, or things that will help us get through to, to take that step to trust in you. But as we trust in you, I, I pray that as, as moments come where we, we, we have the choice to trust you or not, that we will choose you. That we will choose you. And as we continue to move with you, we, we learn to believe in you bigger and bigger and bigger. When, when massive problems, massive trials, massive hurdles come our way, all of a sudden we see God has got this. God will overcome this. God will move us through this. I can trust him in this. And Lord, help us to recognize your work around us. In so doing, cement our faith. Make it solid because it is built upon a belief in a solid God, a God who we can have relationship with, and who is always true with us. I pray this in your most powerful name.